I think a lot of times we, we allow good ideas to go to the grave because of pride, because we really missed out. This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode number four. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. And today we are going to be discussing ideas and problem solving. Um, I know we talked about actually doing this a couple episodes ago, and we're just getting <laughs> back to it now. We had a couple other that came in between, but we really do want to talk about ideas and problem solving and how that affects leadership. That's so funny because you're right. We did right on like episode one. We're like, hey, next week, get ready. Oh, yeah. Put on your shorts and get on your gym shoes and let's go (laughs) because we're going to be talking about ideas. And then like, obviously, the next two were not about ideas. Not at all. So that's super funny, though. My bad. That's great. No, it's good. It's all good. All good. All right. So as we're talking about ideas and problem solving, what exactly we were looking at here, Blake? What's the what's the thought behind this? Yeah. So like, why have a leadership podcast on ideas and problem solving? Are we just talking about thoughts, which are just like sentences in your brain? No, we have millions and billions probably of thoughts a day. That's not what we're talking about. I think what we're talking about is the ability when you have a problem to be able to overcome it or when, or maybe not even a problem, but like the way we've been doing things for so long, isn't working or isn't the best way, or maybe there's a new way to do something. What I'm talking about for leadership is the ability um, to discuss ideas and problem solving tactics on how to make something better, whether that's, again, overcoming a problem or just advancing an idea. Okay, so we're really talking about creativity within the process, creativity within Mm -hmm. um, next steps, within overcoming something you've never come across before. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really easy for a lot of us to think that... um, this isn't necessary mm. because if it's a like if there's a problem, we just kind of work our way through. We just deal with it. Right. Is that really the best way to go about it, or there there's other options? I know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there is a lot at stake if we can't have a good mindset on ideas and problem solving. And I would be completely remiss if I did not like, even though we've talked about this before and we've said this quote before, like I don't think we can't talk about it here too. Uh, and I don't, Les Brown is, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. His name's Les Brown. He said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here. You will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. The books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered all because someone was too afraid to take the first step, keep with the problem or determine to carry out their dream. So I know that that's like real heady. And there's a lot going on there. But I think what this is showing is there's a ton at stake if we don't see ideas are not just, um, they're not just singular. Ideas are plural. Ideas have to take a ton of people and different perspectives coming around and alongside it 
to really foster this problem solving, this creation, this new thing in order to have something great. And if we can't get to that, it goes to the graveyard. It goes to the graveyard, maybe not so much because of like what Les Brown was talking about there. He was talking more out of a fear. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we, we allow good ideas to go to the grave because of pride and because we really missed out. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're unwilling to allow others to give us input on our ideas or to, um, to help us solve a problem. And, and that's that man, that's a pretty big pride issue because that really kind of makes it sound like we've got all the answers. Um, and really we should be looking to others to help us as we come across problems and, and issues. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and I don't think we have to be collaborative here. Like yeah. we 100% can't just pull triggers left and right. We have to have an element of collaboration within our organizations. But my question to you would be, do you think that all decisions need to be collaborative? No, I don't. I think decisions, there are times when we, we know what the decision is, right? If we know we're supposed to be at work at 7 a.m., we know that we make the decision to set our alarm for 5 a.m. so that we're there on time. We don't need a bunch of people telling us, hey, it might be a good idea to set it for 5 a.m. or, you know, 4.45 or, well, if you're going to go to the gym, add another hour to that. No, we don't We don't need that. That's a decision that's simple to make for ourselves, even sometimes in leadership. There are simple decisions that do not require creative problem solving. If we know the solution and we know it's the best path, move forward with it. Don't waste time getting collaboration when you know what the outcome is going to be. Now, that that being said, that's also a dangerous one because if you feel that you know what the outcome is, mm-hmm. that's different than absolutely knowing the outcome. Right. Um, and that's that's where you know we're, we're looking at creatively overcoming a situation that we've not come across before in the past. Yeah, oh, that's good. I think, um, and, and I 100% agree here, by the way. I agree wholeheartedly that some decisions just need to be decisions and their their flip is probably true as well that we will not make decisions because we're like well what does everybody think like that's fear right Right. one side may be arrogance by not taking in other people's thoughts the other side's fear so we're asking everyone and there is in leadership really a good balance and how you handle that but i mean there is there is far more to be accomplished when we do have more experiences, perspectives, opinions, out of the box thinking, right? When I love when new people join our team because they don't know all the things that we all know. And so they see things more creatively than those who have been in the same thing over and over. Um, So when a leader um, feels that it's all on them or feel they won't be a good leader, uh, have value if it's not their idea, that's, that's where leadership fails. It really falls short when we think it's all on me and, and I've got to be the one who does this thing. Um, right. that, that's where we lose a lot in leadership. Yeah. So kind of follow up on that then. We're talking about how, how a leader comes to this point of, of getting input. Then who, the next question for me is who's going to be ultimate responsible for this? for the ideas and the problem solving, who, who really takes that and holds the, the, the accountability and the responsibility for it. That's, 
Okay. So that's hard. <laughs> I yeah. wish I could just be like, boom, um, <laughs> because I think it's yes. Um, okay. Good. I, little deeper on that one. <laughs> I think it's yes, because um, everyone does have a, so much to offer in their perspectives. Uh, everyone does own responsibility for a result. However, um, I think it's, I think there has to be somebody who fosters all of that and brings mm -hmm. it all together. Uh, a leader to me is someone who can humble themselves in those moments. They can see the wisdom and everyone else's perspectives. They can see it and hold it. And even if they don't use it, they can see the wisdom there. But at the end of the day, I do think that it is the leader of that said thing. I don't I mean, it can be your project manager, it can be your foreman, it can be some um, lead you know, just even in church stuff and, and, and whatever, but there is somebody who has to own that at the end. Uh, and a lot of times own, own the failure, right? Like yeah, if it doesn't I mean, work, somebody's, somebody's gotta be the one owning it. And then, um, but also somebody who can share the success with everyone else and doesn't feel that it is, it's mine, 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 or uh, right. nobody's at all. Yeah, absolutely. So really, it sounds to me like you're saying the le the leadership in this aspect is not coming up with the ideas, mm. but the leadership in this aspect is being the one who's vulnerable and willing to take that first step and say, guys, I don't know. Mm. I don't have the ideas. How can we solve this problem? That's where the leadership comes in, not in the creativity and the problem solving. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's not so much in the creation that right. they are need to be the main person. But as far as the execution, that's when a leader has to step in as a leader. So even though the leader is about the execution portion, a good leader is able to see uh, that ideas are plural. And when they can hold that in respect to the fact that other people have different perspectives, they have mm -hmm. different experiences, they have different knowledge and skill that said leader might not have. Right. So actually, let's pause on that for a second and dig into that a little bit. You, you routed off like three things, perspective, experience, uh, knowledge, and skill. Yeah. What do you mean by those things? So like, let's unpack that just a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I would say that perspective is a big one. Uh, it's a big one in the sense of, well, you know what? I love, um, I love electrical things, obviously, otherwise we want it a company that does electrical stuff, but right. uh, Thomas Edison once was kind of criticized or critiqued because he built some thousand light bulbs that didn't work. And some reporter at one point said something to, to the effect of like, hey, how does it feel, which is condescending already, but how does it feel uh, to have a thousand failures on the light bulb? And he said, I didn't fail a thousand times. I found a th thousand ways not to make a light bulb. So perspective oh, that's is awesome. a really, really big thing. And the yeah. fact of can you have the right perspective, the right mindset going into something? It's easy to look at some circumstance uh, and have a perspective that this is the way it is or this is the way it is not. And when you have other people who come in who maybe see things opposingly, that's helpful. That helps yeah. get you out of your paradigm that you've got comfortable and, let's be honest, lazy with. But it also helps um, build their paradigm as well to see other things. It's, it's bringing empathy into the mix. So that's why I would say perspective is really big when understanding that it, it it's better to be a leader who doesn't think he knows it all. 
or she knows it all, right? Like we don't want to be people who just are like, we know everything. Well, that's a scary person to be around because they will find one way to take you to the grave. Okay. That's it. Um, experience. I think experience is, is really helpful. And first off, like, um, what's your electrical background, Pete? Uh, just about nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> your experience on electrical is very minute. Yes. Right? Um, and kind of like cringeworthy when you tell us like, Hey, I was working on some electrical stuff. We kind of smile. And we're like, totally cringeworthy. But on the flip side, if I was ever to do anything in theater production or like, Hey, let's put on this event and you have so much more skill there that I don't have. And I could build that. Absolutely. A ton of time yeah. that you have already built into your life and built in into your story that why not take that from other people, that experience from other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then knowledge of skill is just what you've developed for yourself. Like I want to look over at another person who has a different knowledge, different skill and things, and just know that like, Hey, maybe they do know this better because I haven't really dove into that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. I, I love the way you explain that. Um, I do think it takes, um, there's kind of an overarching too. I think it takes an aspect of trust mm -hmm. with the people that you're collaborating with as well. Oh, that's um, good. How so do you think? Well, um, if you don't trust them to actually present good ideas, you're never going to actually implement anything. So you're going to fall back on yourself. Um, guy I once know, uh, one time said when seeking the greatest return, leave your ego at the door and invest with transparency. That is when you'll get the most out of what you're doing. That was you, by the way, Blake, just throwing that out. There. Oh. <laughs> that was you. Um, but I love, I love where you bring out when you're seeking the greatest return. If you're really looking for that, that problem solve, if you're really looking for the best solution to this problem, you've got to first leave your ego at the door. You have to put your pride down. You have to trust the people that you're working with and then investing with transparency. I do love how you phrase this, man, because in, you could say you could be involved with transparency, but investing, I mean, you're really talking about you're giving all of yourself to this. You're yeah. putting everything you, you have in with complete transparency of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and that, that shows that you trust them first That's right. and then they'll trust you as well. Yeah. And you got to develop that sense of candor to do that. Absolutely. You got to learn to like, there are going to be a ton guys, a ton of bad ideas that we all come up with. I have just as big a, um, repertoire of stupid, stupid ideas as I do good ideas. In fact, I would say to every one idea that is like, Ooh, good idea. It took thousands of really dumb ideas and me being transparent with other people and like, Hey, that was just a really dumb one. Well, what about this? Oh, that's good. Um, but no, not really. And I think also that ideas, like it is so important that they're plural because when, when you have these ideas, a lot of times there's this, like, you don't have the, um, the one idea. A lot of times it's like the idea that tripped like a tripwire idea that trips to the next idea, which trips to the next idea. And really, by the time you do something, it's not iteration one. It's like iteration 30 and different perspectives had to be developed to even come to that one iteration of finally saying, hey, this is a good idea. And really, like, I want to give 
um, like recognition where recognition is due. This idea of no idea is singular is not something we've come up with. This, this whole thing came from Creativity Inc., which is a fantastic, unbelievable book. Uh, and Ed Catmull in it, he said that, that they were being told over and over um, when they finally, after many, many, many years of development um, of Toy Story, they had so many people come up and just say it so like simply like, oh, hey, great idea. Like who came up with that idea? And what he realized was there was no one person. There was no like godfather of the idea. Right. It took thousands and thousands of different people and thousands and thousands of different decisions and perspectives and iterations to come up with that one final idea that said, this is the end product. Yeah. Um, but it, it did. It took so much to get to that one idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to probably steal this from you and I'm sorry, but one of my favorite quotes from Ronald Reagan is there is no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Oh, amen. And man, that speaks to, uh, that really speaks to, um, Ed Catmull on that, as far as his, his ability to just say, Hey, this wasn't me. This was all of us. Mm. And, and you look now Ed Catmull for, I think you mentioned earlier, but president of pixel, um, or Pixar, I'm sorry, Pixar. And, they've done so much. Um, and if you get a chance to read that book, Creativity Inc., it's it's yeah. fantastic. It's probably one of the best. What do you always say? You you say it's the best business book that's... Not a business book. Not a business book. Yep. My absolutely. favorite book, business book that's not a business book. That's it right there. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> love it. So we've talked a lot about um, ideas and and how they're formed and collaboration. What's, what's our first step? What's something we can do? What's an action we can take um, or even a formula, if we have one of those that we can look at to, to move forward with this. Yeah. So I used to get together, um, with guys and we would like different trades, different industries, different everything. And we get together and we, we didn't probably come up with this name, but we always call it idea smithing. And I really like like the idea of that, like a, a blacksmith, like, um, and we would get together to stay sharp. And because the whole like perspective, experience, knowledge, and skill, when you get in a room with a bunch of other people to take on a challenge or an idea with those different perspectives, experience, knowledge, um, you really come up with this really interesting product. So we used to get together um, and kind of semi-created a process for idea smithing where somebody would say, hey, I've got this one problem. And we'd all like, oh, let's do it. Let's have this idea of, you know, like this idea smithing process. And so what we do first is, you know, you bring out all the, the, the issue or the challenge or the thing you're wanting to create, you kind of give a 30,000 foot view of what it is. And we try to not like oversell it or overdo anything else, because what tends to happen there is you almost pigeonhole yourself by trying to get too specific really quick. Right. Yeah. And so the first step really in our process of idea smithing was just collaborate first, get it, get it out there and everyone just start spitballing everything. Remember how I said that a lot of times ideas are more of a tripwire idea, which trips yeah. into the next thing. Yeah. That's what collaborating is. And so again, this is not like, um, Hey, I need to screw this screw in to this, to the stud. What do I need to collaborate on? No, go screw the freaking screw into the stud. Right. Not what this <laughs> yes. is about. This is about overcoming bigger picture problems. So after you've done that collaborating, 
then it's really easy to collaborate and be like, we accomplished something. No, you didn't accomplish jack crap. Okay. Not until you plan. And right. this, this is an area that'll get people real hung up. Like next, come up with your plan for what, how you want to go after this problem. And what people get caught is they want to have a hundred percent perfect. Um, oh, so you don't want to, you don't want to plan on every step and make sure it's perfect before you execute. Yeah. No, don't do that. In fact, that's dumb. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really like, like we can have those discussions and, um, come up with some simulation. Like, obviously I do think that we should have a close one when we're yeah. cutting somebody open on an operating table or um, right to the moon. Like Absolutely. Those, are, those are important, but still like getting to 80% is good enough to execute your plan, um, which is the third step is executing the plan because the next thing that stops people is tending to just take the first step and, and doing the plan. Uh, but then after that, the big picture is doing a postmortem, right? It's after you've executed, then looking at everything and saying, okay, did that work? What worked? What didn't? What are yeah. we keeping? What are we getting rid of? What are we adjusting? And we, we go through that and then bring it back to the, to the group, bring it back to the people. Hey, this worked, this didn't work. What else can we do? What else can we change? Um, I think, I think a lot of times you'll hear like, you'll be like, so like when you ask why to something, why, why is this working? Why is this not working? It's real easy to just have a quick answer, mm -hmm. but when you keep asking why and why and why and what else, what else, what else? The most creative ideas are not the first ones most right. creative ideas are usually like the 30th, the 35th. Yeah. Like those are when the good stuff starts coming out because you'll sit, like you'll come to a point, which is like the pause and collaboration where you're like, I think we have everything. And then someone will go, what about this? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, here we go. Yes. And it's, that's really where it is. Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, that's, that's kind of the process of idea smithing is collaborate, plan, execute, and then doing a postmortem. And that's not like done. That's where you roll into the next iteration. Of right. Yeah. The amount of times Toy Story was reiterated is unbelievable. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's the, the original idea. I remember from from reading the book um, at Creativity Inc. that it was nothing like we've seen today. Right. Absolutely nothing oh, like yeah. it. Um, I, I really like that you brought out the planning aspect of it. Um, for, I'm, I know we've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again. I'm a number one when you talk about Enneagrams, yeah. which is the perfectionist. Yeah. So for me, that's one of the hardest things is moving from that planning stage to the execute stage because it's easy for me to continue to perfect and perfect and perfect because I'm, I'm chasing that perfection. Right. And then the the other hard thing for me as a one, and I know there's other guy, people out there that, that struggle with this too, is that postmortem sometimes mm. to, to go back and see where we did screw up. Yep. And not so that we can get down on ourselves, but the reality is so that we can get better. So we can continue to collaborate, maybe, maybe go back to collaboration, maybe go back to planning again, taking the process through and coming up with the best solution for that, uh, that problem. Yeah. Cause remember, this isn't about being the one with the idea, right? This isn't about being the hero. Uh, this isn't about being the lone cowboy. I mean, I think Reagan had another quote where he said, the greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He's the one that gets the people to do the greatest things. Oh yeah, that's, that's a so great good. leader. So yeah. that does, that, that leads me to a question for you. Yeah. Because collaboration and creativity are super important. 
uh, in our culture, to, to you and I uh, specifically, but what do you think keeps us from collaborating with others? Maybe outside of uh, even just a leader's pride. I think it's the fear that we don't have the answers. There's a lot of fear involved with that. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a perspective that if we're in leadership, um, it's expected that we have the answers. Mm. So we then feel that we're not adequate, that we're not good enough to be in this place because someone has trusted me enough to be here. Now I should return that trust by having all the answers. And it's just not the case. Mm. I think that that keeps us a lot from that. Um, the other thing really is, is we see solutions as our value. Mm. We see this leadership as being part of who we are and the value of it is, you know, our value as a leader is how do we creatively problem solve on our own? How do we fix the issues? How do we keep the boat floating? Whatever you want to, whatever, um, you know, whatever phrase you want to use, um, we see our value in that, but that's not where our value is. Our value is, is us as a person and Sometimes it's more valuable. I believe it's more valuable to be able to say, I don't have the answer. I don't know this next step. I don't know how the hell we're going to get over this, but I know we can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's hard to, to break apart the two, the truth that ideas are valuable, but ideas do not go into a personal checking account. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like I think that we, a lot of times think, oh, look at how many good ideas I've brought to said thing instead of realizing that what the thing is, is, is beauty. And you start to see this in some people and some leaders who, who won't even see other people's ideas because they know that if theirs is seen and theirs is taken, that it's the good one. Right. Um, instead of seeing like, oh, what a great idea here. What a great idea. Like some of the greatest leaders, teachers, inventors were some of the greatest humblest students, not necessarily professors. They were the ones constantly seeing what they were missing. What else is there? Instead of thinking, well, I've already got the greatest thing. Okay. So as we finish up today, um, just want to remind you guys, as we're looking at creative problem solving, there is a, there is a process in place, right? We kind of talked about this with idea smithing. The first step is collaboration. We get together, we talk about it, we figure out all the problems. We look at it from every angle that we can possibly have with all the perspectives. Then we put together a plan. 80% is good enough. We're not going to go above that um, because otherwise we start getting the problems because we won't ever execute, which is our next step. And then a really important step, which really brings the process back into a full circle is our postmortem. What, what worked? What didn't work? How can we make it better next time? How can we figure out new ideas? Um, and uh, just remember, as you as you look at these problems as they come up, keep these things in mind and don't forget, check your ego at the door. Um, don't forget, this is all the first step is always collaboration. Don't let your pride get in the way um, as you continue to lead people. Awesome. Well, with that being said, everybody, thank you so much for joining the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast. We will see you next week. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song.